In the book of Acts, chapter 17, Paul and Silas, they have been preaching the gospel. It's been going forth, and they've been having favorable results with many being saved, many finding salvation. But this revival was upsetting some people, as revival always does. When revival starts to happen, somebody's going to be upset. In fact, it was making them so angry that they put a gang together to go and search out Paul and Silas, who they felt were the catalysts of this revival. Acts 17 and verse 4, and some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. So it was happening. Revival was going forth, as did many of the devout, uh, devout Greeks and not many of the leading women, and not a few, excuse me, of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous and taking some wicked men of the rabble, in other words, some of the less desirable, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out of the crowd. And when they could not find them, or Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These are men who have turned the world upside down. They've come here also. Another version of verse 6, it says, But when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the heads of the city, crying, These are them which have subverted the state of the world. And they are here. I want you to know the present state of our world needs to be turned upside down. The fact is that sometimes the world needs to be turned around. Sometimes the world needs to be reversed. Our world is headed in the wrong direction. The world needs somebody. The world needs anybody who is willing to step out and go against the current culture and say, God, I'm willing. God, I am ready. God, I'm willing to go. You look at the world and you'll be confronted by messed up morals. You'll be confronted by messed up minds, messed up relationships, and messed up families. I want you to know tonight that is not the will of God for our world. So I say let the church be the church. In 2024, it's time for the church to be the church. It's time to be empowered by the Spirit of God. It's time to step out in boldness and see what God will do through his people. I want to preach tonight from this title, from this title, The Difference Makers. Everybody say The Difference Makers. Let's pray. Come on, would you pray with your heart right now? Jesus, God, let us be willing. God, let us be available, Lord, when your word goes forth to respond, God, in turn, Lord, and be ready, Jesus, at the beckoning, God, to do what you want us to do, God, to take care of, Lord, what you desire us to take care of, God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, we will be ready, available, and willing. Lord, help us, God, to be the difference makers in a world that needs to be turned upside down. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. This past summer, our family had an opportunity to visit Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. Go ahead with that first one, Sister Chelsea. If you've never had a chance to go there, just to give you an idea, it's very similar to what we know as our King's Landing here in New Brunswick. You view preserved history and walk into the old buildings, the blacksmith, the, 
the old church, the schoolhouse, the general store, etc., and those that work there are in period costume. When you visit Colonial Williamsburg, your journey starts at the visitor center. It is from there you walk to the settlement, which is about a mile away. For those walking to Colonial Williamsburg from the visitor center, the fastest and the safest way is to use the pedestrian bridge. Walking across the bridge is a journey back in time. There are plaques embedded in the concrete on the right side reminding visitors of what was going on in the United States at various points in history. The first one says, before 1980, there were no personal computers. This is as you're walking back in time. Before 1954, schools were segregated. Before 1913, there was no social security or income tax. The plaque at the end of the bridge reminds us all that in 1776, we were all subjects of His Majesty King George III. Upon returning to the bridge from the visit to Colonial Williamsburg, there is a medallion. If you go ahead and put up that second one. This picture here, it sets in the middle of the bridge. And as you walk back in time, it says, you are leaving 21st century. And as you come back, it says, democracy, a work in progress. You have returned to the 21st century. And this medallion focuses your attention on example of individual efforts that it took to make America the country that it is today. As you walk back across the visitor center, you'll again see plaques that line one side of the bridge. These plaques are depicting someone, some individual's contribution to growth of America. Each person, regardless of financial status or education or race, they had an idea in themselves of what it would take to make the United States a better place to be. The ideas represent enlightenment and discovery and education and freedom, invention, the arts, civil rights, and civic responsibility. The first one is, go ahead, Sister Chelsea, is a man named Thomas Jefferson. It says that Jefferson made religion a matter of personal choice. Jefferson embraced God-given human rights and opposed their infringement by government. He is known as one of the founders of America's religious freedom in his phrase, a wall of separation between church and state is still used today. The next, the next uh, placard you get to is for a lady named Sacagawea. She was a 17-year-old native woman who served as an interpreter and a guide for Lewis and Clark's expedition as they went westward from the Mississippi River to Pacific Coast. You step beyond that, and in 1837, you come to a plaque that represents Horace Mann. Mann promoted universal education for all. As Secretary Mann advocated for common schools, institutions that would be available to not just the rich, but available to everyone. You step beyond that, you come to 1863, and you arrive at Abraham Lincoln. It was President Lincoln that issued the uh, preliminary emancipation proclamation, declaring that as of January 1st, 1863, all persons held as slaves in any state or designated part of a state, those people whereof shall there be in rebellion against the United States, they shall henceforth be free forever. And then you walk beyond 1863 and you get to 1879. 
you arrive at a man named Thomas Edison. He turned night into day is the caption on the stone. It was Thomas Edison, of course, that invented the incandescent light bulb that changed the way our world functioned. It was now no longer just able to work during the day, but the light enabled man to work also at night. You step beyond this and you come to 1908, a stone represented by a man named Henry Ford who gave Americans the car keys to everywhere. Ford, of course, was the founder of mass production of the automotive industry, and he's one of the primary reasons why you and I get to drive an automobile today. Then you step to 1928. There's a stone there in honor of a man named Louis, Louis Armstrong. He was an orphan trumpet player. It's said that he set Americans' free spirit to music. It was Armstrong. He was born and raised in New Orleans, coming to prominence in the 1920s as an inventive trumpet and cornet player. It was Armstrong was a foundational influence in jazz, shifting the focus of music from that of a collective group to finally to solo performance. You step beyond that and you arrive at 1955, a stone represented in honor of Rosa Parks. We know that she moved civil rights to the front of the bus. She refused to give up her seat on the bus for a white man that had no place to sit. February 4th, 1913 to October 24th, 2005, she was an American activist in the civil rights movement. You step beyond that to 1961, you arrive at John F. Kennedy. He was asked, we know him famous for the one speech that he, he gave, and he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. It was JFK's inaugural address as the 35th president of the United States that inspired children and adults to see the importance of civic action and public service. As I go through these stones, it's interesting to me that none of these people really set out to do something significant. They just moved in the moment. They acted upon their opportunity. Your Bible is full of people just like that. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read of those who made a difference in the kingdom of God. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Excuse me. So that things which are seen which were not made of things which do appear. First we see that Abel brought a better offering than Cain did in verse 4. We see that Enoch was commended as one who pleased God in verse 5. We read of Noah who when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark for the saving of his family in verse 7. We see that Abraham obeyed God and went even though he didn't know where he was going in verse 8. We see that he, offered, he was willing to offer up Isaac, his only son, as a sacrifice in verse 17. We see that Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future in verse 20. 
We see Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son in worship while lying on the top of his staff in verse 21. It was Joseph that spoke of the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. He said, you're not going to be here forever. And when you leave, take my bones with you in verse 22. It was Moses' parents who hid Moses for a period of three months after he was born, refusing the degree, the decree of the Pharaoh. It was Moses who chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for even a season. Verse 25. It was the Israelites who passed through the Red Sea on dry land in verse 29. It was the Israelites who watched the walls of Jericho fall. We read about that in verse 30. It was a prostitute named Rahab who was saved because she helped the Israelite spies in the plan of God. We could go on and on with the feats of these that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. But these were just everyday people of outstanding faith. They were people who moved in the moment they were given. Now this is important for us right now as a people of God because often we wait for that optimum moment. God, if everything lines up just so, I'll do what you want me to do. God, if so-and-so says this, then I'll know it's my opportunity. Right? We wait for moments like that, but God presents opportunities to us every day. And it's up to you and I to move in those opportunities when they are given. These were the people who decided to just go ahead and make a difference where they were at. Now, this isn't going to be a revelation to anyone tonight. But we're in Miramichi. That's deep. But you know what? God has an opportunity for you right here in Miramichi. In fact, we walk beyond opportunities every day when we're in the grocery store. Times when our job, when God would like to use us over in this area, we walk by it because we miss that opportunity because we're, miss, we're waiting for that perfect time and that perfect moment. And can I say that perfect moment will never come. In fact, it was just presented to you. You don't have to be on a foreign field to make a difference in the kingdom of God. There is one final plaque on the walk back from Colonial Williamsburg. After you viewed the names of all those who initiated change in America, it is this plaque that poses a probing question to each and every one of us that are here tonight. That day in Williamsburg when I saw this plaque, I knew that I would be preaching this message tonight. Go ahead and put up that plaque. It says, Nation Makers, now. Your name here, what difference will you make? Connecting to the fact that each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we're from, no matter what our financial background is, no matter where we find our roots, no matter how long we've been saved, if it's for, if it's for 10 years or for 100 years or 10 days, it doesn't matter. God's not concerned with that. You can make a difference. 
And this year, we're asking God to empower us as individuals and as a church to make a difference in the kingdom of God. I believe that every person under the sound of my voice tonight has what it takes to make a difference in 2024. You can be a difference maker to your family. You can be a difference maker to your church. You can be a difference maker in your city. You can be a difference maker in your country. You can be a difference maker in the kingdom of God. You, not anybody else, you. I know there are difference makers that are here in the house right now. Jews said this in verse 21 to 23. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Is that us? We're saints. We're walking. We're keeping ourselves in the love of God, looking unto Jesus for eternal life. He says, and of some have compassion. Making a difference. Jude realized that you and I have the potential to make a difference. And in making that difference, all you're going to need to do is love this one person. It says, some having compassion, making a difference. But Jude had been at it long enough to know everybody's not like that. He said, and others... Save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Sometimes it's only you that can make the difference. And that's why in that moment it's, it's, it's so vital that we be tuned into the Spirit of God and tuned in His voice and discerning what the Spirit would say to the church in that time. Because in the moment you're allowed to make a difference, you're going to have to choose to love or you're going to have to choose to pull them out of the fire in whatever way that may entail. You see, when godly people are empowered with the Spirit of God, there is no telling what can happen. When you allow God to come in, when you allow God to fill up every empty space that is there, when you allow God to anoint you if you've never been anointed before, there is really no telling what God will do through your life. Jesus speaking in John 14, 11 through 13, he said, Believe me that I am in my Father, my Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, we know what those works are. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the leper. He turned the water into the works that I do. Shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Who is he? He is represented by you and I in this house tonight. He said, the works that I do, the miracles that I do, you're going to do even greater works. Why? Because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you will ask in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Can I tell you tonight, you are a difference maker like you didn't even realize you are a difference maker. God is going to work in you if you allow him to do so. Ephesians 3, 19 and 21, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
We read it this morning. I'm going to touch it again tonight. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages forever and ever. Amen. As I read Hebrews chapter 11, I believe that as we come to the end of this and we've read about these great accomplishments of people of faith, it's in this particular chapter that it leaves the reader to consider, what could I do if I allow my faith to be powered by God? What could I accomplish for the kingdom of God. What difference could I make for a life of somebody that's lost? The potential in this room tonight is astounding to me. You can be anything that you want to be in Christ. You can do anything that you want to do through Christ. Why? Because you're filled with the Spirit. Please don't sell yourself short. It is God that works in you. It's God that works through you. Paul said to the Philippians, he said, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, I know when I say this, it's going to sound a little bit cliche, perhaps, but I believe we're at a tipping point in the nation of Canada. And as we head into this new year, every choice that we make has the potential to reverberate in the halls of history. As we consider the final plaque at Colonial Williamsburg, what difference will you make? The answer has never been more important to the question of what difference will you make. The church ought to feel the weight of such a question and respond. In the book of Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet Isaiah finds himself in the temple after the death of his friend, King Uzziah. As you can imagine, Isaiah, he is broken he is in mourning. He feels defeated. He feels like really doing nothing. But it's in even this state that the prophet Isaiah still hears and still responds to the call of God. Isaiah 6 and verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? This question is asked of this man in mourning, wondering why his friend had to pass so soon, why things couldn't be like they always were. And the call goes forth, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. You know, there's a vast difference between saying, here am I, and I am here. Because we're all here tonight. But when we open ourselves up and say, here am I, that's something completely different. That's a complete surrender to God that says, God, I'm willing to do what you desire me to do. Musicians, come on back and help me. 
our theme scripture for 2024. We mentioned it this morning, and as you go out this evening, I've asked Brother Carl to make sure that you have one of these put on your fridge, in your office area, wherever you are. Just simply says, empower, mission, ministry, and miracles. Here's our scripture, Ephesians 3 and 16, New Living says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. That word empower, it speaks to me as I read it. For those of you who are teaching Sunday school and working today, this meaning is to give someone the power or authority to do something in power. God has power to give you tonight. God has authority to give you. God wants to empower you to make a difference in 2024. And I believe that the Pentecostals of Miramichi is full of difference makers. I said, I believe that the Pentecostals of Miramichi is full of different makers. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12 says, But it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, Neither has it entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that loved him. That love him, excuse me. But God hath revealed unto them. He revealed them unto us by how? By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God that is in him. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. As we stand tonight, I wonder if there's anybody in the house tonight that would join me in the altar area and pledge to be a difference maker in the kingdom of God. To say, God, I'm not going to wait until the situation is perfect. I'm not going to wait until that dream opportunity comes to me. God, I'm just going to move in the moment. When it's presented to me, I'm going to move. When they ask me if my church will pray, I'm going to move. When they ask me... You know why they ask you to pray? Because they know you know God. And in that instant, that is the opportunity for you to say, you know what? There's a better way for you. There's a better road for you to walk. You just take my hand and I'll lead you on the road. We'll go there together. What a wonderful thing it's going to be when we arrive to heaven. But can I tell you, it's going to be ten times greater when you have people by the hand that you say, you know what? They wouldn't have made it except one day God had presented an opportunity and I began to move in the moment. I just began to testify. I just began to witness. I just began to tell them about the goodness of God. And in that one instant moment, an imperfect 
moment, God changes a life forever. What difference will you make? I could stand here tonight and I could name Pentecostal pioneers, those that have gone before us, and I am so grateful for them. Brother Keith, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Giants of the faith who have went before us, but they're not with us anymore. It's time for us to pen our own story. It's time for us to have some salvation stories, Brother Camden. It's time for us to have some miracle moments. It's time for us to have some unexpected baptisms. We're going to fill the baptistry. And it's not just going to be with water. Because there's some difference makers that are here under the sound of my voice tonight that are going to speak truth into somebody. And truth is going to sink into the heart. Truth is going to get into the spirit and they're going to see their need for baptism. And the waters of baptism are going to get to be stirred. Our altars are going to see people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost because a difference maker took that one moment and they began to move in it and do what God desired them to do. We mentioned it this morning, we're a team. Say, I missed it, Pastor. What does that mean? That means together experiencing apostolic ministry. Everyone is a team member here tonight, and you are important. And God has already set aside imperfect opportunities for you. This year, I'm done waiting for the perfect opportunity. They're going to know who I am and what I believe before the moment becomes perfect. I have some people that I'm working on all around Miramichi. Some of them haven't stepped in the doors of the church yet and they call me pastor. But I'm going to see God work in their life. Because when I go through the drive-thru or when I'm picking up a coffee or whatever, and they ask me how was church, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to tell you how church is. And you need to be there this Sunday so you can see what God is doing in our church. I've never been more hopeful for the Pentecostals of Miramichi. I've never been more hopeful more full of belief that revival is not just coming, but revival is here. You know, before every harvest ever breaks the ground, there's seed that has been planted. And over the last several years, Brother Keith, there's been some seed that's been pushed down in the ground. And there's so many plants that it takes such time to before they even break through the soil. But this year, 2024, we're going to see some of this seed begin to break through the ground. We're going to see what God has been doing for the last several years and God's going to bring us the harvest that we've been asking him for. Sometimes we just don't see it because we're looking so many other places but Jesus said, lift up your eyes 
For the fields are white. They're all ready to harvest. But they were busy looking over here and looking over there and being distracted here and there. Just so many petty things. And Jesus says, it's there. If you'll just look. The fields are white. And we have difference makers here who can go out and reap what God has already brought. Lord Jesus, I've given my heart, God. The best way that I know how tonight, God, and I believe, Lord, with everything that is within me, Jesus, that this house is full of different ma difference makers. God, you're going to do great things in this year, Lord, and we trust you for it. God, in these next few moments, we're going to set it aside, God, to completely surrender, God. Lord, to you, Jesus, to be renewed, God, and refreshed and refilled in the Spirit. Oh, God, you're going to present us opportunities this week that we never even saw coming. Lord, they're not going to be perfect, but they're going to be there, God, and they're going to be presented. God, help us to move in the moment, God. Help us to walk into what you've already prepared for us, Lord. In Jesus' name I ask tonight.